From between the hedges at Sanford Stadium to the practice fields, from Stegman Coliseum and wherever else the Bulldogs are playing, it's time to talk Georgia sports. From the Athens Banner Herald, here are your hosts, Mark Weiser and Ryan Dennis. Hey, welcome in. It's the Bulldogs Extra Podcast. Mark Weiser with Ryan Dennis in downtown Athens on, what is it, Wednesday morning. Ryan, I was a little uh, uh, taken aback how easy it was to flow into uh, downtown today. I forgot that UGA is off and uh, traffic is uh, virtually non-existent. Yeah, spring break, right? It's a good time for us locals to, to get around, except I did learn one thing the other day. My parents swung into town. We were going to get dinner at the Last Resort Grill. Closed. Wait, what day was that? Monday. Uh, I was downtown Sunday night, got some nice dinner. It was beautiful weather, ate outside, and I was surprised that there was actually a good number of other folks down there, given uh, the fact that, you know, as I mentioned, UGA, not in session, uh, but I guess taking advantage of the beautiful weather. Some where, good, where did the Wisers hit up for uh, for a good dinner in downtown Athens? Uh, what is that bar? Uh, uh, shoot. What's the famous bars downtown? Give me well, some. there's a trapeze. You yeah, that's right. We had, we, had, yeah. we had a trapeze, yeah. That's there a good go. little place. They got, go. some, they got some good sausage for your fries. Nope, had a burger and fries. That's oh, yeah, right. yeah, the, yeah, 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 that little raspberry ketchup thing. Is that, is that what you like? I no, feel like that's not what I like. It's what they had. <laughs> it's not like I, I don't like I to get defensive about it. It's not like I was saying, hey, do you got no, any... They, they have three, right? They have a raspberry ketchup. They have a, like an aioli type deal. That's what I go with. I, got, I think I... I it's think like I had a blue the, cheese aioli. Yeah, I think I had the option of getting two different kind okay. of uh, dipping sauces. So, But it's not like I said, hey, do you got any raspberry ketchup? Good that stuff. Did, didn't happen, but... Well, we were going to do Last Resort. It was closed, so we ended up at the Royal Peasant. Condor Chocolate also down there now. Yeah, it is. All right, everyone, if you want to uh, plug your own Athens... Uh, this is the Athens uh, Chamber of Commerce your podcast. Athens, your Athens dining <laughs> establishment. Um, just got back from a uh, trip to Indy uh, last week um, for the Georgia Combine, as some called it, yeah. uh, as the Bulldogs were well represented and didn't just have large numbers. They put up large numbers. Yeah. Very impressive uh, showing. We'll, we'll talk about that. The SEC tournament starts tonight. Georgia... We'll see at season end whenever it loses next game, which could be tonight against Vanderbilt. Um, probably would be spring practice less than a week away, and we'll talk about things uh, we're curious to see with uh, spring ball as uh, Kirby Smart, year number seven, coming off a uh, fresh national title. Mm. We'll talk about the Tom Crean situation. Um, I'm going to wait until after the move is made to dive into the candidate lists that uh, we'll be publishing presumably tomorrow. Uh, I will say this, um, Jonas Hayes will be in the mix, but, you know, I, I don't think even Orion's column tried to be very persuasive. <laughs> I, I don't think that's necessarily a slam dunk. Right. I think successful college head coaches may get, uh, you know, I don't know if I would say first crack, but they'll certainly get a lot of consideration. I mean, that makes sense. I get it. And uh, let's make our SEC tournament picks game by game. No. <laughs> yes, we are. Yes, we are. I got to pull up the bracket. Well, I'll, I'll give you the, the matchups. All right, all right. Um, but let's talk first about, you know, as this Georgia basketball team, and I know we don't usually talk too much about basketball because football is king in, in Athens. But since there's a coaching change that's about to happen, um, why didn't this work out, Ron? Well, I think, you know, re- recruiting first off, it, it was uh, he brought in the guys and then the transfer portal came back and bit him hard and, 
I mean, there, I don't think any program was impacted as much as Georgia was by the by the transfer portal and guys leaving. I mean, you have Severe Wheeler. He made second team All SEC, I think, and you know Tumani Kamara, big time. Uh, you know, Git, who uh, had a good first couple of years, heads off to Dayton. I mean, I think it's pretty plain to see why it didn't work. And then you're left with uh, trying to go out and grab pieces to put together a, a makeshift team that couldn't build together. And, uh, you know, it's 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 kind of sad. And going back, I mean, you, you mentioned that football is king. Well, definitely. But, I mean, when there's a good product on the court, there's people that show up. There's people that get excited about Georgia basketball. So, you know, I think with the right people in place that can recruit and bring in good talent, I mean, those early 2000s teams with Jim Herrick, I mean, that was exciting times when, when Mark Fox had some good teams. You know, that was that was some exciting times. And, uh, you know, I, I hate that crowds kind of get blamed sometimes for, for, you know, the product on the court not being so good, like they don't care. But I think they really do. You know, it goes back to the Atlanta Thrashers. When the Thrashers had good teams, man, they, they packed that place and – then they sold them off to Winnipeg. So, you know, I I, I think that with, with Georgia basketball, it can be a good product, and I hope that's what they, you know, can get a coach in here that that can recruit well and, and bring in some uh, some good talent and uh, you know put a good product on the court. Did not see Winnipeg uh, coming up in our. Uh... Well, you know what, uh, I I. It hurts my stomach still to this day to know that the Thrashers are, are out of Atlanta. Well, you talk about the transfer portal kind of biting this program. I mean, you know, that's like kind of saying the injury bug. I mean, the transfer portal is not something that comes after you. You have to do things as a, as a program to, uh, you know, create players entering that transfer portal now look georgia football is a very successful program and they had a bunch of players go after the season but those were guys that were looking mostly for opportunity elsewhere the guys that left georgia to laundry list of guys we're talking like eight or nine right so those guys could have stayed and played and had prominent roles but something about the culture uh the way tom crean coached them that they wanted to move on um, you know, so I think in college basketball, uh, in college football these days, there's going to be a certain amount of that that goes on. But I mean, I, I don't think you're ever going to see that many uh, Georgia basketball players enter the transfer portal um, probably ever again. I agree with you 100 percent. I mean, that's something that needs to definitely be looked into. Why did those players leave? And, and you know, even uh, Justin Kyer, who left to uh, go to Arizona, correct? Uh, you know, uh, might be playing for a national title this year. I mean, he, he left and said, all love for my coach, you know, and, you know, he had respect for Tom Crean, but I guess he could see the writing on the wall that, that you know, other people were leaving and he had an opportunity to come back and, and didn't and ends up at a, at a better place. And something needs to be looked into, though. Why? Yeah, you're right. Why did everybody leave? There's something, uh, well, something well, deeper I mean, than just wanting to go to a better program. Justin Kyer, you know, he was not a name that people were like oh no Justin Kyer's leaving but you know turns out he found a role and a right. and, and a, a spot at Arizona um, and you know did Aaron Cook come in and fill the role better than Justin Kyer I mean it's probably a, a wash maybe I don't know I mean could Kyer put up the numbers well, that, I feel like he came I, in I think more I think and, Cook is more of a pure point guard he came in more and replaced Savir though yeah yeah no no that's true that's true also but but Kyer you know, I mean, he, he was kind of an afterthought when you when you saw the, all the other guys, uh, you know, transferring out. Um, you know, and you didn't really get a sense from uh, listening and talking to Tom Crean that he, I don't want to say took responsibility for those guys leaving, but I mean, it's I guess it's a hard thing. You're, you've been a successful coach at Marquette. You had a run of success to a certain extent at, at Indiana. 
um, you know, you probably think that your way has worked for, you know, 20 some years for the most part and that these guys just, you know, weren't buying in, but maybe the next guys will buy in. And, you know, I mean, if they didn't lose uh, Jalen Ingram, PJ Horn to injuries, we're, we're talking about what, maybe three or four SEC wins instead of one. I mean, mm. I, I don't know exactly how many, but, you know, most of the guys that he brought in from the transfer portal, I mean, look at Braylon Bridges, who's been, you know, arguably their best player and now has enough shots to be ranked in the top four or something like that in the NCAA and field goal percentage. He wasn't even starting in Illinois, Chicago. So most of these guys, uh, you know, except for Jalen Ingram, were kind of backups. And, and you know... Um, well, I think also you bring in Jabri uh, Abdul-Rahim, who didn't exactly live up to maybe the, the expectations when he came in either, you know? So that's another part of uh, what what made it a rough season for them. Yeah. Um, you know, you look also at the first couple of years. I mean, he drew big crowds for Georgia basketball, um, and it was a happening with Anthony Edwards, but they, they didn't get the most out of that, uh, out of him, uh, certainly, uh, you know, in terms of it didn't translate into it to the number of wins that you would expect for having the number one overall pick. Maybe uh, Rayshon Hammonds left um, right after one season. Under Crane, right. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, Nick Claxton developed very well under Tom Crean, but he was gone as well. So There's a lot of what-ifs about this. You know, what if Claxton stays? What if Hammond stays? You know, what if... I mean, Edward, Claxton was what? The, was he the first or second pick the in the first second pick round? The, yeah, by the Nets. Yeah. So it was time for him to go. I mean... No, I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you. But, uh, you know, he did have two more years to stay. And, you know, even if he stays one more year and develops a little more, that would have put him with Edwards, right? So you have a severe point guard, you have Edwards, you have Claxton, you have Hammonds. That's a good-looking team. Year three, um, last year's team, good core that, um, you know, maybe underachieved. I mean, Severe Wheeler, Katie Johnson, Tumani Kamara. Um, I was struck Tom Crean was doing his radio show on Monday night with Scott Howard, and he made some pointed comments on that team sort of not – I guess almost mailing it in at the end of the season, having some bad practices. Um, you know, I think they almost beat Missouri in the first round of the SEC tournament. But, you know, I wrote uh, at the time that if, uh, or, you know, maybe a week or two earlier, um, that if these guys can come back, this team could take the next step and, and contend for, um, you know, maybe an NCAA tournament team. I mean, you look at it, you talked about Justin Kyer. Severe Wheeler and Katie Johnson, the three of them are all mm-hmm. going to be in the NCAA tournament. Um, and, and Georgia's not anywhere close to that. And so. the top two or three seed as well. Yes, all three of those. That's, that's a good point. Uh, but this year has been a disaster and um, for Georgia basketball. So uh, it is what it is. And that's why uh, there'll be a coaching search uh, later this week. It would start uh, officially underway. Yeah, I was going to say it might have already uh, been well in, in progress. All right, uh, why don't we hit up the uh, SEC tournament predictions a little bit later. Let me look at my uh, clock to see how long this first segment has gone. Um, why don't we take a little break, come back, we'll talk about spring football. A, we'll go from a last-place SEC team to the national champions, the reigning national champions of your Georgia Bulldogs. And this is the Bulldogs Extra Podcast. All right, Ryan, uh, we're less than a week from Georgia football spring practice. Mm. 
No, you're jacked up to see the uh, Bulldogs. Now, will they, you think they'll go out there carry the uh, national championship trophy on the practice field the first uh, practice? No, that was that was uh, one day of celebrating. That thing's in a in a locked closet, and they're back to focusing on uh, 2022. All right, number one, it is not in a locked closet. It <laughs> it's is, actually doing its rounds, isn't it, it? It is. Yeah, it was at the courthouse in Athens. I think last week it was. Uh, like a Delta, Coca-Cola, the State House, like that, that thing is anywhere but a lot. <laughs> then Walmart hosted a couple of days or something. Like that. Well, that was that was yeah, that yeah. was. I don't think that was actually Georgia. That was the trophy sponsors mm. uh, deal. But um, I don't know. You know, Kirby's donor events is going to be with that trophy as well. And uh, I don't know if it's like the Stanley Cup. I don't think it's going to everyone's. Like I don't think Lad McConkey can bring it to his hometown. He can't like drink. A, I mean, I don't even think Lad's old enough. But you can't like pour I, beer in the top and drink out of it. Is there even a top? I don't even know exactly no, how that I guess thing not. is. Well, hey, you know, it comes out of that bottom part. Can you take the bottom part around and maybe put a little champagne in it and turn it back? I'll have to, I'll have to just do some uh, <laughs> investigative on that. Um, well, I'll talk about the combine a little bit later, but kind of related to you know hardware, uh, Louis Cine. How do you pronounce his last name? Seen. Seen, yeah. S E E E. I should know that after five years yeah, governor, yeah. whatever it's been. Louis Seen. Louis Seen um, mentioned at the Combine, um, he mentioned he had some reference to the uh, the national championship ring, and I asked him if he'd been sized for it, and he said he was. He says he you know, he wants it to be a big fat ring. He doesn't know mm. what it's gonna look like, but he said after waiting forty years plus uh, you know, we deserve a big fat ring. So um, I don't know if that's going to be a, a G day, probably a G day event. Maybe I don't know because you're not going to be able to get all these guys back in the right. fall because they're going to be in NFL teams and stuff. So there's going to be a lot of guys missing from G day too. Cause you'd think they'd be preparing for that NFL draft in like nah, two weeks. The, no, no, they, they'd be back for that. I, I mean, so. there's no more preparing by that point. I, I think they'll. Who knows? We'll, we'll see how that plays out. You know, out. I saw the the Rams in their locker room after they won the. Well, you know, two days after they had that guy going around with the ring yeah. sizer. Yeah, yeah. What do you think? I bet the largest one for Jordan Davis is like the. You know, that's is that's the biggest one that they have, and that's probably what he uses for his ring. Could be, could be. Uh, what, what what do you think will be the hunger, the passion for this team, with all, um, you know, oh, I think w- w- with the. I mean, are, you, are they feeling a little chesty after winning the national title? We saw all that talent display in Indy. Uh, the 14 guys that were there, not all necessarily competed uh, or, or went through the on-field drills. But, um, you know, is Kirby – what's his thing? He's going to burn the boats and all that? I mean, Yeah, they're coming back. Is he, lighting a, is he lighting a fire under their ass and all that? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't think you ever lose that drive to want to win and – uh, you know, you, you think, think about these young guys who, I mean, what's their ultimate dream? They want to go to the NFL. They want to come out and show out. I don't think they're going to take any time off. I think, you know, some things we've seen come out of the, the social medias by the football program of them at, what, 530 in the morning uh, in Sanford Stadium with the, the fog rolling in and all that stuff and working out. And, you know, you've seen some videos of uh, different guys working out in the locker rooms and or in the uh, weight room, I mean, and. I mean, it looks like they're still hungry and, and, and wanting to win. I mean, I don't think you – I think all it does is make you hungry for more. You don't want to rest on your laurels after 40 years. You want to keep adding them up, and I think these guys will. Okay, that's all true, but it's also easier said than done. I mean, you know, there was a certain uh, drought that they had to kind of answer, and um, I'm sure it'll be a challenge, and I expect – Kirby usually has a message to deliver, so I expect Tuesday, presuming we're going to get him – in a uh, kind of a pre-spring practice press conference that he will certainly have 
uh, a theme. He usually brings out a quote of, uh, you know, somebody from wherever. Uh, so he'll have, he'll have uh, something to say regarding that. All right, Ryan, how many starters are back from the national championship game on offense? How many on defense? There's a little trivia question for you. Oh, man. Uh, let's see. Uh, six on offense and four on defense. Very, very close. Have you done your research? I did not. Oh. That was uh, just uh, scanning the Google of my brain. Okay, the offensive starters back are seven from the national title game now. You know, I wouldn't necessarily consider them all to be starters for the season. Like Darnell Washington apparently started in the national championship game. Uh, but he, I don't think he started every game or even most of the games. A.D. Mitchell, mm-hmm. a guy named Stetson Bennett. Heard of him. A guy named Brock Bowers, who was out for the spring with uh, the shoulder repair. But um, Warren Erickson, who... Are they counting Broderick Jones? No. Who's they? This is my... Oh, this sorry. is the start lineup. You look at the start lineup and you count him. Warren Erickson, uh, yeah, I think it was maybe second quarter, left the game right. uh, with an ankle injury maybe or, you know, actually... I mean, I think it was more injury than underperforming. Cedric Van Pran Granger, mm-hmm. your starting center. Warren McClendon, your right tackle. And the, that does not include Ladd McConkey. So, I mean, I consider McConkey more of a starter than Darnell. I didn't season. hear Brock Bowers' name. I did say Brock Bowers. Oh, okay. I said he was out okay. for the spring. So that's your okay. seven. On defense, your starters back are Nolan Smith, outside linebacker. Mm-hmm. Keely Ringo, uh, did he ever catch interception? I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. Christopher Smith. And William Poole. Mm-hmm. Now, William Poole was only a starter towards the end of the season. But those are your four starters back. New coaches that we'll uh, be excited to see with our own eyes if they let us on the practice field. I think they will to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Will it be Zoom interviews? I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. be back in person. We did we did in person towards the end of last season as well. Yeah. Stacey Serrell is the offensive line coach mm-hmm. uh, replacing Matt Luke. Ryan, give me your impressions. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tell you the new guy. And then the old guy, and you need to say whether it's an upgrade. <laughs> no, you're not oh, going to do gosh. that. Oh, gosh. Put me on the spot. Um, I mean, Stacey Sarrell's uh, got some good guys to work with, right? I mean, you mentioned Broderick Jones, Amarius Mims. Maybe he'll uh, move into a bigger role. Tate Ratledge coming back from injury. Uh-huh. Warren McClendon probably undervalued at right tackle. Yeah, you can't get this wrong if you're Stacey Searles, right? I mean, you... What what have you got? What have you got to, to lose there or whatever? What am I trying to say? Well, well, you know he, he's got a he's got a a horse or a, you know a stable full of horses. So I don't think uh, you know his biggest thing is going to be recruiting at that same level and bringing those guys in. Good point, Brian McClendon, uh, known as BMAC, your new wide receivers coach or your old wide. I don't remember coach. him as a wide receiver at Georgia. Man, does that make me old? Uh, no, because you I, were covering team then. Oh, that's right. Yeah, uh, he is uh, back co- uh, coaching the wide receivers. Um, who's missing from that group? Anyone in particular going to Alabama? <laughs> yeah, uh, Johnson, right? I mean, that's uh, is my name right there. Uh, yeah, Burton. I mean, Jermaine Burton. Jermaine Burton. Um, yeah, that's a pretty big loss there. George Pickens, who you know played four games last season, um, but. Arik Gilbert uh, could be back I've in the seen, mix this spring. I've seen some video of him, you know, working out, and uh, hopefully he's coming back strong. All right. The uh, new outside linebackers coaches, Dan Lanning, is now at Oregon as the head coach. Chidera Uzo Deribi, and I'm sure I butchered at least one of those three uh, parts of the name, mm-hmm. uh, comes over from TCU, SMU, and Kansas most recently, those three schools. Uh, bringing some young blood to the outside linebacker core. 
and uh, we mentioned Nolan Smith. Uh, Robert Beal is uh, also back for Georgia. Golly, man. Seventh year? Eighth year? What is, what is this for Bill? I think he, he, this might be his sixth year. It feels like he's been around the block. Might be going to leave at one point, might, came back. Might be taking advantage of the COVID year. Yeah, I think so. Good for him. Um, and then at uh, defensive backs coach Fran Brown out of uh, Rutgers, uh, coached uh, at Temple and at Baylor. And uh, Yeah, you talk about somebody with maybe the biggest task on their hands is, uh, you know, you, he, he – not that he lost a lot of guys, but Georgia lost a lot of guys, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he does. Lewisine, Darian Kendrick. Mm-hmm. Who else are you talking about? Uh, yeah, I guess that was the only – but, you know, I guess you get Tyke Smith coming back into the fold. That'll help. Yeah. Um, and plus you have a guy named Kirby Smart, a guy named Will Muschamp that uh, kind of have their hands into – the secondary uh, must champ, particularly with the safeties. Ryan, who is your backup quarterback for the Georgia Bulldogs? Oh, man. You know, I think a healthy Brock Vandegrift is your guy. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm honestly surprised Carson Beck is still around. And, and, you know, we don't get to see him on the on the practice field and whatnot. Uh, but that was very telling last year when uh, – and obviously I guess the, the right pick going with Stetson in that UAB game over what everybody – kind of assumed was going to be Carson Beck. So uh, it just feels like he's kind of stuck there somewhere, two, three on the depth chart. And I think when you have a five-star guy like Brock Vandergriff with all the hype, he's probably your backup. What do you think? Um, I think, you know, I think Carson Beck would be the guy to start the spring. Um, You know, I think you probably got it right by, you know, whether the end of the spring or into the preseason um, when, when does Kirby say that Stetson Bennett is the starting quarterback? From it might be that press conference next week. I mean, is there somebody who actually asked that question? <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, curious to see what happens on the defensive line when uh, you know you had three guys just show out big time: uh, Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt, and Trayvon Walker. Mm-hmm. Jalen Carter. It's his time to shine now. He's going to be the next top fifteen type Georgia draft pick um you know what else are you looking to see uh inside linebacker you're also now nakobe dean mm-hmm. channing tyndall quay walker all into the nfl um is this mj sherman time to come in and he's more of i guess a uh he's more of a nolan smith type though but you know who is gonna be that guy to step up there uh i think that'd be one of the most interesting things to watch this spring to be honest with you because that's a that's a heck of a stable of linebackers right there all going uh, in the NFL. Yeah, Probably top two rounds. Right. But you might have heard that Georgia uh, recruits pretty well. So, yeah. you know, Jermaine Dumas Johnson, we saw him with a, what was it, a pick six, pick six in the game? Yeah. Yeah. He, he's a guy that uh, certainly will, uh, you know, have, have a chance to to kind of step into that role. Um, you know, I, I think there's plenty of talent in the fold, including you mentioned Tyke Smith. We didn't see much of him last year at. Uh, uh, at whether the nickel spot now looks like it'll probably be uh, moving over to, to the safety spot because uh, William Poole did a good job at, at nickel. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, he was a former All-American. I, I think uh, he's a guy that, right. you know, has a chance to maybe live up to that hype. And he'll have a different DB's coach because his guy uh, went to Miami, Jamil Adai. All business, right? What did he tweet out? That uh, it was all... Uh you know, no hard feelings that his guy he kind of followed down from West Virginia took off toward Miami, and he's uh, he didn't want to take off. He stayed around, and uh, I think he has a has a bright future here with the Bulldogs. 
what else uh, are you looking to see from the uh, the linebackers in particular? Uh, Rion Davis or Ryan Davis, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, hadn't, re- hadn't really. Go ahead. Had surgery last year, did he not? Uh, didn't he? Uh, didn't he hurt his shoulder or something? Had to have surgery. Yeah, and also, um, you know, yeah, really haven't seen too much of him. And another guy that that you know came in with a lot of hype. Uh, Smile Mondin Jr. Oh, right. Yeah, five star. Out of Paulding County. I look mm-hmm. for him to, you know, maybe win one of those starting jobs. We'll, we'll see how that plays out. Um, all right, Ryan, let's see. Uh, looks like about four or five first round picks now for Georgia based on projections after the NFL Combine. What stood out to you most of the Combine? I was there, not in the building for the drills, but certainly there to interview all the guys and kind of get a read or feel for, for how they're doing at this stage of their football lives. Did you watch much of it over the weekend? I didn't watch any of it. Um, but, you know, I'd, I'd see things on, on social media and whatnot, and I think it's the speed kills thing, right? I mean, everybody on Georgia ran maybe a little faster than what, what people thought. You know, did you know that Zamir had 4-4 speed in him? I mean, you know, he, he was a fast guide who had come off a couple ACLs, but I didn't know he had that type of speed. And, of course, you know, everybody noticed what Jordan Davis did. I mean, that big old dude running – what did he end up at a 4-8 or a little bit below 4? He might have even been in the 4-7s. And we talked about that on the podcast last week. Could he get in the 4-7s? I think we were like, yeah, I don't know if he has that type of speed. Boy, did he. No, Zamir, Zamir, yeah, 4.40 exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, you thought of him more as a kind of a thunder to uh, to James Cook's lightning. Right. But, but Zamir – Was actually know, faster, according to that 40. Yeah. I, I mean, I, there's football speed and then there's, there's track speed. And, uh, you know, we'll see how the teams evaluate him, where they go. I think those guys are more – uh, third day guys probably. I mean, maybe James Cook sneaks up late in the second round. I'm not sure. Um but um, I think, you know, some of the clear winners for Georgia at the Combine, Jordan Davis, as you mentioned, who I think was The Rock was even taking noticing uh, mm. of him mm. um, with his uh, crazy 40 time. Was it four? Was it four, seven, eight? Was it? You know, I, I, his first one was in the four eights, which was still pretty impressive. But, uh, you know, after the official, which I don't understand that. What, maybe you can clarify that for me. How does it become official? They actually go back and, and look at the lasers or something and, and it was it, it was a four seven eight at three hundred and forty one pounds. Um look the the unofficials is just the T V uh electronic thing. I mean, yeah, I mean there there's an official reading on the field, you know, with whatever machinery they have. And I'm sure that the NFL teams take a look at that, but they also are, you know, they have ten scouts from each team or whatever with their stopwatches on there and they're coming up with their own way to classify it so but jordan davis clearly was uh, one of the winners Devonte wyatt as well who actually ran a faster 40 time than jordan davis but um you know at, at i don't know how much 30 pounds less or something i don't know trayvon walker is now being talked about as a top five pick maybe the first wow defense alignment to go and then channing tindall also put up very good numbers uh as an inside linebacker maybe move up some boards uh, Nicobe Dean didn't uh, run or do the on-field drills, I believe, at Indy. Uh, he'll have his chance to do those at Georgia's Pro Day, which is a week from today on Wednesday next week. Um, Imagine what this is all doing for Kirby and others in recruiting. I mean, this class could be looked at as like the, the one that really, really just puts Georgia at another level. Because you know Kirby's going into 
houses and, and just saying, look, we've developed these guys. We're going to have seven, eight guys in the top two rounds, probably four or five in the first round of the, of the draft. Come to Georgia if you want to be elite, as he likes to throw around. George Pickens also ran a good time. Um, you know, probably still second round guy. Cena might, might, or seen, seen. might. Uh, you got the movie theater on your mind. Yeah, he might. He might sneak into the first round. I mean, it's going to be depend on the eye of the beholder, but um, mm-hmm. you know, and and then some of the guys that that look like uh, you know fringe second day guys, which is you know the second actually so second and third round. So these are more fr- these aren't fringe. These are guys that are, that are in there. The Quay Walkers, Darian Kendricks, Jamari Salyers, James Cook, um, and then you know whether Tyndall sneaks up there, I don't know. But you know, and then day three guys looking like a Zamir White, a Justin Schaefer, Jake Marta. Um, How about Jake Marta's speed? Yeah, that guy, man, put him, uh, let him punt and just take off four, running. Was a four six two maybe? Yeah, look at that guy. He was a big soccer player and stuff, right? Didn't yeah. he run a fake against Baylor that didn't work out? I don't remember. Oh, yeah. Maybe I the the, big, the biggest thing I remember, you know, is his knee being down on that punt his freshman year. But boy, did he come on after a, a kind of a rocky first season there. All right, um, and then uh, just well, actually two things. One, uh, Adam Anderson's gonna looks like he's gonna be doing a pro day his his own pro day Tuesday next week. Uh, his uh, attorney has gotten permission from the uh, court in Athens to modify the terms of his bond as he's facing a felony rape charge. Um, I didn't hear from Georgia saying that they turned down his request to take part in Georgia's pro day, but the fact that um, that they're asking the court to allow him to come on Tuesday and do his own workout, um, that seems to be where, where that lands. Does Adam Anderson get drafted? I don't think so. I mean, that's, you know, what if you take a guy who ends up in the court system and, and found guilty of, you know, what he's being accused of, yeah. and then you don't yeah. have a guy that you drafted? Yeah. Now, is it a you know seventh round flyer that you kind of say, hey, if if everything works out in the legal system and he's, you know, found not guilty, and we got a first round talent in the seventh round, maybe somebody goes that route. But I also don't know that's a great look for your no, I team. Think, I think it's more like if the charges end up getting dropped or he gets found not guilty, you know. Somebody signs him as a free agent? I, I, I presume that would be the case. Mm-hmm. So, um, Hey, one more thing I wanted to mention. A couple of the uh, freshmen as as we get ready for spring ball, um, interested in, in seeing um, Malachi Starks uh, with, you know, some playing time in the secondary opened mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. And uh, wide receiver – C.J. Smith, uh, I, I presume he's one of the early enrollees. It seems like all these guys are. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly an opportunity at the wide receiver position. Uh, hey, and A.D. Mitchell this year, I mean, another guy that jumped right into the fold. And I mean, Lad McConkey too, in a sense. I mean, he wasn't heard of until this year. And what was he, a redshirt freshman? I mean, they aren't, they aren't shy to play uh, young guys. And, I mean, Brock Bowers, man amongst boys as a freshman. All right, Ryan, here it is. The time of the podcast you've been most looking forward to is we're going to make our SEC tournament picks. We're not going to break them down much. We're kind of just going to pick the winners. All right. By the way, Tampa, good site for the SEC tournament? I mean, that doesn't feel like SEC country, but, I mean, if I was, uh, you know, going somewhere, I'd rather that than uh, maybe cold and rainy Nashville. I mean, Gainesville's not too far from Tampa. If I was a Bulldog, you know, diehard, I would uh, protest that being in Gainesville. How many how many Georgia basketball tickets do you think got sold for the SEC tournament? I don't know. I know when I was sitting in the dome for the tornado, there's about three of us around uh, in the middle of a sea of blue. Yeah, I don't think Tampa's a, a great site for the SEC tournament, but you know what? Um, 
you don't have to worry about it because Nashville's got it for like the next 12 years after this one. So Yeah, that was a weird... Uh, did they just... Uh, did they decide against uh, Atlanta I mean, because Atlanta, of the tornado? No, Atlanta hadn't been in the mix for a while now. So. I know, but it used to be every year. You know, they'd come down to Catlanta, those Wildcats. Every year? What are you, what are you talking about? It, every year it was in Atlanta, the SEC tournament. It might have an off year. It, it might have an off year, you know, every now and then where they'd go to Nashville, but... Seemed like every single year was in the Georgia Dome there. I have to do do some research on that. Mm-hmm. Check that out. All right, uh, Nashville works for me, um, but I don't know about. I think you have to mix. You know, mixing it up is is good. A one in bit. New Orleans one year. I yeah, mean, I like New Orleans as a site. That's a I good could, site. I, I could go there. I yeah, just, I don't. And, I don't think that's SEC. And I went to St. Louis when they had it there um, about four or five years ago, and uh, probably a better site I would say than than Tampa. Hmm, I'm trying to think of other places like. <laughs> Columbia, Missouri. I mean, uh, yeah, Columbia, Missouri, or Columbia, South Carolina. Well, I mean, Greenville does the women's tournament, and that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's a great arena. City. That's a great city, but but not necessarily for the men's tournament. Yeah, yeah I'm not sure right. what the if, is it like twelve thousand? I don't know. Mm, I don't know if it's that much. All right, here we go. Ole Miss, Missouri. It's tonight. I know you're excited for that one. You'll be, you'll be sitting in front of your TV. Ole Miss. I like Kermit. Uh, I will be taking the Missouri Tigers sure. uh, to win that one. Georgia Vanderbilt um, taking the Commodores. So I just don't see this. This Georgia team ha- seems to have a pattern where they're in games until uh, you know maybe into the second half, and then you know they lose faith. They have a bad string of uh, plays that just go against them, and uh, things uh, go you know yeah. backwards or sideways. Yeah. I guess. Give me the dogs. What the heck? Oh, he's picking them to win it all. Cream doesn't get fired till Friday. All right. I think Vandy, I didn't look today, but yesterday I think they were like seven and a half, eight and a half point favorite. Florida, Texas A&M would be the first game on Thursday. I'm going to take the Gators. Both these teams need to win to get to the NCAA tournament. They both probably need to win multiple games. I like the Gators too, and you know why? I'm just pulling for uh, Fleming from uh, Cedar Schultz High School. Flanders. Flan Fleming. Yep. LSU, Missouri. Uh, if, since I picked Missouri to win the first game, I'm going to take LSU in that one uh, to advance to the quarters. I mean, it's a 5-12 matchup. Uh, yeah, LSU. Mississippi State, South Carolina. I think Frank Martin's teams uh, did much better, or not much better, but better than the projection preseason. I'm going to take the Gamecocks to win that one. Uh, yeah, I'll go Mississippi State. Why not? Alabama, Vanderbilt. Here's my upset. I'm taking the Commodores in the upset. I saw Alabama lose to a Georgia team, and uh, I think Vandy's, uh, you know, they've done, they're respectable. They got Scottie Pippen Jr., who's the SEC's leading scorer. Give me the Commodores. Well, I got Alabama-Georgia in my game, and uh, no way Alabama loses the second time to Georgia. So give me Alabama. Auburn to Florida. I am taking the Tigers uh, to send back the Gators, keep them out of the NCAA. You know what? I'm going to pick Florida again because uh, they're in desperation mode. So you're to make picking the... them to beat the SEC champions. Yep, 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 yep. I, I think, uh, you know, this always happens. This always happens every year that there's an upset like that. So give me Florida over Auburn in that to move to the semifinals and uh, maybe back their way into the uh, – or not really back, play I mean, their way into the – I mean, if they, the beat, they beat Auburn, Florida, Florida's, Florida's in if they beat Auburn. Yeah. Arkansas, LSU, I'm going to take the Razorbacks to uh, win that one and go on to the semis. Yeah, I think Arkansas has got a really good team. Well, well, they, they opened 0-3 in the conference and then lost only two games or something since, uh, something like that. So give me Arkansas. Tennessee uh, will beat South Carolina. My biggest revelation in the last couple of weeks is how uh, uh, Vescovi's not pronounced Vescovi now. He's got a different pronunciation for his last name. Why? I don't know. Someone that covers Tennessee told me that uh, uh-huh. they, they uh, modified that. It's uh, 
I don't, I, I don't even know what it is, but I heard Tom Hart calling it a different way, and I thought, does he have that wrong, or, or do I have it wrong now? I feel like I hear that as a as an advertisement for some type of Santiago, drug, though, drug on, uh, on my morning game shows. Give me Tennessee. Kentucky Vanderbilt uh, is my projection for that one. I'm taking Kentucky. Kentucky, Alabama. I'll still take Kentucky. Auburn, Arkansas is my semifinal matchup. And uh, give me the Razorbacks. I think playing very good basketball uh, towards, uh, you know, the, the middle, towards the end of the season and uh, like the Razorbacks. Well, we'll agree with that, that Arkansas will beat Florida in that game. Kentucky, Tennessee. I'm taking Kentucky with, uh, you know, I saw yesterday on Twitter that, and I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right still, but Savir, is that mm-hmm. how you pronounce it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was uh, still correcting Kentucky writers, just like Georgia writers a year ago, and how to pronounce his last name. I mean, his first, first name. name first yeah. name. So, yeah. uh, but between uh, Wheeler and Oscar Sheebway and Ty Ty Washington, they got some characters, don't they? Uh, I'm gonna take Kentucky. Yeah, I'm gonna go Kentucky Arkansas final as well. So, who do you have winning it? Give me Kentucky. Give me the Big Blue. Mm. Um, I think both these teams are really good, and I think, um, you know, Kentucky will maybe, I guess if they win the tournament, they'll be a one seed in the NCAAs. Uh, Arkansas, maybe a four, three seed. Uh, I guess if they make the finals, it'll be a three seed. So uh, I'll go Arkansas winning it all. All right, and last thing before we get out, Georgia women will learn their NCAA tournament uh, where they're going to be sent on Sunday. I think it's about 8 p.m. I think the men's brackets are at 6. Will they get hot? They, I think the projected latest by Charlie Cream of ESPN to be a seven seed. You know what? They, they could be flying under the radar then uh, get a good draw and uh, make the Sweet 16. What do you think, Ryan? Uh, they they have done nothing to give me faith in them. In but the last year, last year they were playing you know really, really good, good basketball and, and they still got lost bounced, in the second round. Bounced in the second round. That, you're not building a case for them right now, if you ask me. So I, you know. If they're a seven seed, I think that'd be better than having to match up with a one seed in the second round, considering if they were an eight or a nine. So, I don't know. Maybe they can, uh, like you said, get a good draw. Hey, next week, we're going to have a lot to talk about. We'll probably have a uh, talk about a change at Georgia's basketball uh, men's coaching situation. We'll have spring football practice up and running. And uh, you know what? Well, let's do some bracket picks next week. Oh, that sounds fun. We will. Uh, I'll fill out my bracket, uh, you know, on whatever platform I use and then I'll come in and, and just reveal it and it will be uh, exciting listening for our, our uh, folks out there. Absolutely. Uh, Ryan, go enjoy your raspberry ketchup. Uh, <laughs> and What did you end up eating the other day when your restaurant was closed? Yeah, we went to Royal Peasant. So uh, Wait, that's not know, even downtown. I know. Well, we rode over to Five Points. They were supposed to have uh, <clears throat> what do they call it? Corned beef and cabbage, but they were out of corned beef. So I had a burger. Supply chain issues. They're, nah, they're, they're hurting your dinner uh, <laughs> options. So. All right, everyone, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you later. See ya.